Welcome to Exploring the Blank Page, a podcast for readers and writers of young adult fiction. I'm host Emily Hendricks, writer of YA sci-fi and fantasy, and my co-host is Kristen Crum, author of the YA rom-com It Happened at Christmas. The Blank Page is where we all start, published or not, and we're excited to share stories that inspire your writing or influence your next book choice. Now let's get to the episode. Today's guest is a trial attorney turned award-winning young adult author and book blogger. An avid reader since childhood, our guest writes exactly the kind of books she loves to escape into herself. Exciting thrillers with strong female leads, swoon-worthy love interests, and life-changing moments. Originally from South Florida, our guest currently splits her time between San Francisco and Los Angeles with her husband, stepkids, and her dogs. We're so excited to host Liani Kotcher, writing as Rec Talk Ross today. This episode. Oh, it was so fun. So, Ski Weekend is not your typical holiday read in the sense of you're not exactly going to get those kind of warm, fuzzy Christmas vibes from it, but it is, how do I say this? It has that perfect essence of winter that you just want to kind of curl up with a blanket, read a book, but Probably, Probably not at night. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> not with this one. Not with this one. Not with the lights out. You might want to have right. <laughs> a couple of the lights on. Ski weekend, it's about six teens and a ski trip gone wrong. It is a ski weekend by the mm-hmm. name of the title of the book. Um, they get stuck in a snowbank. Snow. Mm-hmm. Yes, with no cell service, and then they have to survive. So mm-hmm. it's very a very exciting read. It really is. It really is very thrilling. I absolutely love talking to Liani too and hearing a little about her journey of bringing Ski Weekend to readers' hands. Mm -hmm. It was very inspiring. Absolutely. I think you'll hear a lot of really awesome tips from her as well. So if you haven't already, be sure to grab a copy of Ski Weekend. It's the perfect weekend read. Grab a cup of your favorite drink and sit back and enjoy this conversation with Liani. Today on the podcast, we are welcoming Leilani Koshner, also known as Rectoc Ross. Welcome. Yay. <laughs> Hi. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah. So we'd love to start off by asking you to share a little bit about yourself and your publishing journey so far for those who may have not heard of you. Sure. So my name is Leilani Kotcher. I write under a pen name Rectoc Ross which I know is a little bit confusing for some, but I do have a community on Instagram. So if you guys have been following me for a while, you might know the Rep Talk Ross from there. The genesis of it is I basically have been living in the legal world for over a decade. So I graduated college, went straight to law school in Miami. So I am a Florida girl born and raised. Um, and then I went after I went to University of Florida undergrad. Then I went to UM law school. I got my first big job. And it was the only firm I ever worked with. And it was in Dallas, Texas. So I was in Dallas for about six years. I loved it there, but I ultimately saw myself coming out to California, which is where I am today. I, um, same law firm, just a different office was working over in Silicon Valley. And I've always really loved storytelling in all forms. I love to write. I love film. I love TV. I study all of it. Unfortunately, I did not come from an economic background growing up where I was able to explore writing. 
as a career, my parents were like, it is a long time ago too. I'm an eighties baby. So my parents were like, you gotta get a real job. Like there's no writing in this family. So you're the one paying your bills. So I got pushed out the door. Um, I did enjoy being a lawyer, but I ultimately knew that, or at least I hoped and dreamed that one day I would come back to writing. Uh, my firm has been amazing, incredibly supportive. They let me start writing um, probably three or four years into being at the firm, which is really an anomaly. Uh, they usually don't let you do outside things, but they were really wonderful about it. But hence the pen name. So I had to write under a, a pen name, a, a assumed identity, because <laughs> our clients were very high profile. And they didn't want their big time New York yeah. lawyer writing under, you know, writing like teen romance or whatever. Oh, come um, on. It's good, right? I know. I know. I feel like I'm like in the same group as the erotic uh, and the, the romance <laughs> yeah. authors with, with, the, with the pen name, which is totally fine. And I eventually left my job about three years ago to pursue this wonderful world of writing full time. And I have a young adult survival thriller that um, is coming out or has just come out, depending when you guys play this. And it is called Ski Weekend. And I'm very, very excited. Awesome. I love it. Um, all right. So I have a quick question. I'm curious because I've heard of a lot of actually different authors who come from a lawyer background. And I don't know if it's just the writing that you have to do as a lawyer as well, or like all the reading that you do to kind of study up for that. But do you feel like it I wouldn't say affected necessarily, but do you think that like it influenced your writing at all or helped it in any like a different I, perspective? I yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I love this question so much. And you're so right. I don't know if it's because it's the world I'm living in. So now I'm, you know, like if you start to look for stuff, you see it everywhere. Yeah. I, I don't think, yes. I don't think I realized how many uh, lawyers became, you know, fiction authors. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly there's a nexus between becoming a nonfiction author. Like that's right, obvious. Yeah. But the fiction world is very interesting. Like there are so many and some are, you know, extremely successful. I actually just connected with Chandler Baker. She's Mm. wonderful, super kind. Um, She's got a bunch of big books out. Uh, I think for me, being a lawyer was such an incredible experience that really helped me in my writing in so many ways. Uh, I mean, I could go on forever, so I won't, (laughs) but I would say probably... The most important things I learned as an attorney that I have definitely used as a writer is number one, people always go crazy when I say this, but I personally don't believe in writer's block. I think that is a function of having to work. And I bet that I bet that news journalists, I haven't talked to a ton, but probably don't believe in it either. Mm -hmm. And that's a function of having to write under intense deadlines. So at my law firm, we would literally be given a Kate, you know, we would have a TRO or something that had to, you'd have to write the brief. It'd have to go to court in, you know, next day. And mm-hmm. in that situation with high paying clients and, you know, they're, those companies are literally on the line. There is no writer's block. I can't mm. think of what to say. <laughs> yeah. I, my brain is not working. Like you have to write that brief or you're going to get fired and mm-hmm. your client is going to lose their entire business. So I think that made me really appreciate and understand that in my mind, and people might argue with me, this is just my opinion and my experience, but I really think writer's block is a function of either a combination of not being passionate enough, like not being excited about what you really want to do. So not knowing the direction mm-hmm. you have to take with briefs, you ha- like, there was no, I don't know what I want to write about. Like you knew what the assignment was, yeah. you know? And then I think it's a combination of not having any real consequences for not turning it in. So That's if you're true. like, I want to write a book, I don't know when I want to write it. Well, yeah, of course you might have writer's block because there's no, there's no consequence to you not doing it. So it's very easy to procrastinate. 
in a law firm world that they're called very real consequences. There, there is no, <laughs> there is no like second option. So I think for me, that's number one. And then number two is really treating my writing as a business. And I definitely learned that from the law. Oh, you know, I take it really seriously. This is, this is my business. This is my baby. It's not just, you know, one book. I hope to be here for a very long time. I take it incredibly serious as far as building my community, you know, really interacting with my readers and other, you know, people that I've met through the industry, connecting, networking, helping, supporting, um, all of it. And I really do, I really do credit that to the law firm lifestyle because that is what we had to do mm-hmm. as well is just, you know, be caretakers of our clients and, you know, mm-hmm. be there, be supportive and work on those relationships. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so great. I was, I was just kind of curious because I, I had a feeling that there's just some really valuable lessons that writers can learn from that. So you mentioned it, but let's talk about Ski Weekend. Um, I think both Kristen and I have already started reading it, but we're not all the way through yet. So no spoilers. (laughs) Um, But can you tell us a little bit about it and some of the inspiration behind writing it? Yeah, absolutely. So Ski Weekend is a, you know, we, we pitched it as the Breakfast Club Meets Alive. So it's six teenagers and there's a dog as well on their way to a senior high school, senior ski trip that make a wrong turn and get stranded in the mountains. And it's really a story of who lives and who dies and really the inspiration behind it. It's kind of twofold. So the first is the plot. So I am, you know, like I said, born and raised in Florida. I, I, this is probably weird to other people from cold climates, but I have always found snow and mountains, very scary and very intimidating, (laughs) very like eerie and unfamiliar. Um, I actually never saw snow. I never saw snow or mountains until I was 17. So it's like, I don't know, it was alien to me. I know of course I've like seen it a lot more, but it still has always held that, that like fear aspect to me. And then, you know, for the book, I had to do a ton of research and the more I read about it, the scarier I think the mountains are because it's like the one place on earth you can literally die in a matter of minutes Mm -hmm. in the mountains if you're not properly dressed. And it's like, I came across all these stories that were so, I did a ton of research for this book. Right. And there was like so many things I couldn't believe. And I'm like older too. So you would think that I would know this stuff, but I didn't like in, so we had a place in Tahoe for a while. And I would read a lot about the Tahoe area and every year people who are not prepared for cold weather, they'll try and walk home and they'll die because they'll, you know, they'll go the wrong way, whatever. They're not properly dressed or drunk and they'll, you know, hypothermia. And so all of that, I think just like the whole cold winter scene just really intrigued me. And then I heard a story about a family, again, something I really didn't think happened often, got straight, you know, they're on their way to a holiday trip. Their navigation took them the wrong way coming back. There was a path that was supposed to be closed for the winter. It was an old logging road. Someone forgot to close it. So the navigation took them that way. They got stranded. Really super incredibly tragic situation where the husband wound up leaving the car after about a week to get help and he died. And it like really, it even now I get like chills thinking about it. It was so sad and just really tragic. And it's just like, we, I think as humans, we forget how susceptible we are to mother nature mm-hmm. because we're like, here, we're like safe in our homes and we've got the heater and the air conditioning. Yeah. We don't really think about like how dangerous nature really is. And so that kind of, that story, it just stuck with me for so long and I couldn't get it out of my head. And it just, it was like such a gut punch thinking about this poor family 
that I just knew I I was like, this is a great, like, this is a setting. This is something I want to explore. And then for me, the cast, I've always loved the breakfast club. I'm like an eighties baby. I love John Hughes. And I really have always loved the story of these, you know, teens from different backgrounds, different, you know, different cultures, different Mm -hmm. religions, different socioeconomic situations that don't think they have anything in common, have these preconceived notions of each other, are prepared to not like each other. And then all of a sudden they realize, Hey, we do have things in common. We're actually not so different. What I thought about you is not actually who you are. And I thought, you know, with everything going on in like the last two years in society too, that wouldn't it be so cool to see these six different teens that are Mm -hmm. all so different, put them together in a car, let them get trapped in the mountains where it literally is life or die. So you don't have, you can't worry about all those stars. Oh, I'm not friends with the cheerleader. I don't like cheerleaders or, Oh, you know, he's just a dumb jock. All that stuff gets stripped away when it's life or death. Mm -hmm. And you have to really get to know each other if you're going to survive. And I thought like, what a cool thing to do. And maybe people will read this and be like, this is actually really interesting. Maybe the people that I think I, you know, won't like, or don't like, or, you know, are one way, maybe they're not, maybe I should Mm -hmm. actually get to know them. Mm-hmm. and see if like there's common ground. I just feel yeah. like with everything in society right now, that's a message I really wanted to explore. Yeah. I love, love that. It. All right. You mentioned the dog. So I have to ask, <laughs> yeah. I, that, I saw in your bio that you do have dogs as well. So did your dogs do. inspire champion? And yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. I know that you, I know you're a dog, a dog person too. Kristen, I don't, are you, do you like animals? Are you an animal person or not? Yes. No. We, do, we don't. <laughs> well, we currently live in an apartment, and so we don't have any. Hard, um, my yeah. kids. Oh, are, gotcha. My kids are begging for one, so it, someday it's coming. It is coming. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So I, I, yeah, I, I love all. That's like one of my not a bookish interests, but I just I love animals. I when I was an attorney in Dallas, I used to lobby for mm-hmm. like dog rights, which I don't know if that. You know, it was really important to me yeah. back. There was a lot of like chaining laws in Texas that were really outdated. Um, I've always been like a huge supporter. I used to do pro bono for the Humane Society. I, and all of them, I grew up with cats and dogs. I had cats all through law school. When my two cats died, it kind of broke my heart because mm-hmm. they live for so long that yeah. I have not gotten a cat since, but I got my dog Falco. I now have like, I've, I just lost a dog. We were very sad, but I've had three. Now I have two, but the one that like is my obsession that I basically, <laughs> he's like my child. His name is Falcor and he's a golden retriever. And he literally is like a little person <laughs> and he is definitely the inspiration for champion. Like a hundred percent. I love it. Not as smart. Yeah. Falcor's not as smart. Falcor's <laughs> kind of dumb. Champion's <laughs> actually a very smart. Yeah. Champion's a very smart dog. My dog is not that smart, but the other aspects, he was mm-hmm. the inspiration. I love it. Okay, hey, so your first book was a contemporary romance, and yes. The Weekend is a thriller. So, what yes. were some of the unique challenges to writing a thriller versus a contemporary romance with your first book? Oh my God. That's such a good question. (laughs) You know, I don't, it's so weird. I don't know. So I actually had a huge heart to heart with, um, I hired a branding expert. Like I said, I take this super seriously. This is the lawyer in me. And I was like, I was like, I don't know. My problem is, and you might know this from my Instagram. Mm -hmm. I read everything. I am just the biggest book nerd ever. I've always been that way. I read incredibly broadly because like if it's a good book, I don't care what genre. I don't care if it's fiction, nonfiction, sci-fi, fantasy, romance. I don't care. I'll read it. 
and I'll probably love it. And I think because of that, and same thing with movies and TV, I think because of that, it's hard for my brain to figure out what I want to write because I want to write it all. And so when I came out with Prodigal, which is the first book I ever wrote, um, which is very special to me, it's um, kind of an homage to my mom who passed away from Mm -hmm. breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And I always wanted to write about that experience um, and kind of how I dealt with it. And it's, it is like, it's a love story, but it's also kind of like this nod to my mother. Mm -hmm. Um, But after that, I was kind of like, where I could write, you know, I've written some fantasy somewhere (laughs) and I I love thriller and horror. I love that too. And I had the idea for ski week and I started writing it and I was like, I don't know, what do I do? What direction do I go in? I think for me, the special challenge actually was not the writing. It was what to put out and how to put it out and the branding, because the writing has always kind of come naturally to me, but what, what do I write? How do I build my platform? How do I brand this? How do I keep Mm -hmm. my readers? Because not every reader is like me. Some, you know, if I'm spending all this time, this has been like a year Mm -hmm. of really hyping up this book and publicity and marketing and all that. I don't want to lose those readers on the next book Mm -hmm. because, you know, because I write something totally different. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, we love that first book, but I don't read romance. So I'm not going to, cause then it's like, I got to do the whole thing all over again. And like, I got to find new bloggers and I got to find new Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's like a huge mess. So I had this whole, like come to Jesus with the branding mm-hmm. expert. Mm-hmm. And I realized what, what sparks me the most right now? Like, what do I think I've got three or four books in me? And for me, it's like horror thriller with the sweet spot of having romance. And you'll, when you guys hopefully if you read or finish reading, what you'll see um, and it's funny cause I've gotten some critiques from people that really like the book, but they're like, this can't tell if it wants to be like a thriller horror or a romance. And y- thank you. Like, yes, that's actually both. what I want. <laughs> like, yes, thank yes. you. That's actually what I'm going for because I think my unique thing is that I love like my number one passions are it's the thriller horror and the romance. And I think it's because the emotion is so elevated. Yes. Like they're two mm-hmm. genres where it's, it's so high stakes, right? Like everyone wants to be in love. Everyone wants that romance. It's like, you know, the biggest high stake for, you know, am I going to find that person? Right. Mm-hmm. And then you don't, you don't get any higher stakes than life or death. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think it's like, I love playing with those two heightened emotions. And so I'm definitely going to stick with the YA thriller for a while. Um, I would at some point like to revisit the contemporary mm-hmm. romance or even like a romance fantasy, which I have written sitting on my desk, but but I've been told not to, I know it's so good too. It's so good, but I've been told I'm not, it's, it's gotta wait. So I got to get this second book out the next Mm -hmm. thriller horror Yeah, before I go back to that. But I hope that answered. I don't, I I mean, I don't have like, okay. Yeah. For me, it's been the brand, the branding has been the biggest challenge, I think. Yeah. And wanting to write multiple genres. No, I think that's definitely true. And I think that's something that every author has to face. Um, And, you know, I've listened to a ton of podcasts about this and what they do suggest is sticking in your initial brand for at least two books, if not more, and then expanding so you can draw your readers along with you. But it's like, okay, well, where do I start? You know, (laughs) I'm the same way though. I'm like, ooh, I love romance and I love suspense and I love fantasy. And I, you know, like, I love science fiction. And so you just kind of have to pick one to start with. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. Great ideas with different Mm -hmm. genres. And you're like, but this shiny idea over here. (laughs) I know Emily's had to rein me me in a lot. No, 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 no. Put it on a shelf. (laughs) Put a pin in it. We'll come back to it. (laughs) Yes, yes. Okay. This whole mini season, we are focusing on Christmas, 
And so we wanted to ask, what is the most memorable Christmas gift you've ever gotten? Most memorable Christmas gift I've ever gotten. That is a great question. Um, you know what? I would probably say this is going to sound hokey, but it actually is true. So I grew up Jewish, right? And I have since, this is a very long story, so I'm not going to do the whole long story about it, but I now consider myself Christian through a long process. But um, I never experienced Christmas as a child, right? I always kind of loved it and wanted to, but we weren't allowed to. And when I got married to my husband and they have like a really amazing, wonderful, big family that does huge Christmases, I had my brother come up to visit. And so they, you know, he, we had like my, my brother and my husband's whole family and all my stepkids and a couple of our friends. And I think just having like having my brother there, I know that sounds cheesy, but it's really no, true. No. Having my brother and celebrating a Christmas with him and letting him see this wonderful family that I'd become a part of. And just like, they do Christmas so awesome. Like, <laughs> I think it was like, it was like my dream Christmas as a child that we weren't allowed to have. And I like experience it now with this family, but like everyone does a matching pajama, like there's rituals, you know, like mm-hmm. the matching pajamas and like mm-hmm. they read the same book every night and having my brother there to experience. And like, he got the matching pajamas and everyone just really embraced him. I have a mixed family. So I am really close with um, my kids mom, which people think is strange, but I'm obsessed with her and she's the greatest person ever. (laughs) And I'm really close with her family too. Mm -hmm. So her parents, her brother, and we do everything together. So having this huge mixed family, everyone embracing each other and them really embracing and being so kind to my brother and being able to experience that with him. That was like way better than we got some cool stuff, but that was way better than the cool stuff having that. I totally get that. So I guess kind of in line with that, then, um, since you've started celebrating Christmas more do you have a favorite tradition that you guys all do together? I, yeah, I really like the pajamas. Yeah. <laughs> so we like, all do. We, we do. <laughs> I really, well, I like fashion. So <laughs> it's probably not I say. I love clothes. I like anything like clothes or fashion related. Mm-hmm. So of course I'm like, we, so we basically, we do like a little uh, lottery, like a secret Santa lottery yeah. and everyone gets to pick pajamas for the other person. I just really so love getting cool. to shop. <laughs> Unless I get the guys, it's not that fun. Like, so I yeah. said, we all go together. So like I've gotten, her name is Hillary and she's the best. I've gotten like Hillary, that's my kid's mother. I've gotten like her husband, she's remarried now too. And like, Eric is great, but like, that wasn't that fun to like get a grown right, man's pajamas. Yeah. <laughs> but when I get the kids or like, yeah. our, you know, there's other kids in the family, that's really fun. Oh, that's Sorry, awesome. Eric. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, uh, no, I get it. <laughs> so Christmas or really just the holidays in general are a super busy time, um, mostly with like family commitments or, you know, just things that we have to, to get done during uh, that season. So do you find time to write during that season or do you set your writing aside? Um, we love like tips and tricks about those things. <laughs> I, I really don't find it that hard to write, to be honest. I know. Don't be mad if people was like, <laughs> no, oh, I hate good. her. Like <laughs> she's full of crap. I'm not, I really, I, I writing for me is, is easy. It comes naturally. I just have a lot of ideas in my head. Um, and I'm actually pretty good about finding the time usually to be totally candid with you guys, the marketing, mm-hmm. the marketing mm-hmm. and the publishing and all of that has been so incredibly challenging. I haven't even been able to write in the last three months, cause I've been full court press mm-hmm. on this book because I feel like it's a really good book and I've been working on it for so long and I'm so passionate. About it, I want it to find its readers. So I've kind of shelved. Mm-hmm. I need to go back to, I've got another book I need to work on. Um, 
I, you know, I think if you want advice, like, what do I like, how, how am I so great? How do I get it done? Um, <laughs> I think, I think the best advice I can give and it's what I literally give to everyone who asks me is it, it's really just about, I, it's like a little formula, right? So you figure out how many words you can write in an hour. You know, I, I can do like 1500 maybe or whatever, maybe two, depends. Um, so you're going to, you take a little bit to do that, but you figure out like how many, how many words can I do per hour? And then you figure out when, when do I want the book done? Like, do I want it done in three months, four months, five months, whatever. And then you kind of just do that. Like you look at your schedule. Okay. How many hours can I do each week? When can I do them? You literally block it off. Like you block off a doctor's appointment. So you're like, okay, I, if I want to get this book, I'm so bad at math. So please don't like yeah. listen to my math. I'm just totally, <laughs> I'm totally making this up. But if you're like, okay, I want the book done in three months, I can write 3000 words a day. You know, I can write four days a week. You block off, you literally open your calendar and you're like, okay, I'm going to write Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. Those are the days. Like I don't have the kids for three hours or those are the days that I, and that's, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Like it, there's no magic. People yeah. just put your, there's no magic. It's literally, it's there's no magic. The work. It's, mm-hmm. it's doing the work and it's butt to chair. And it's like, don't be a perfectionist. Just get the words down and then you're going to have so much time to edit it and edit it and edit it. You just want to get words on paper and you, you know, you got to get 70,000 words in four months mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah, no, that's totally that's good. That's awesome. All right. So what is coming up next for you or can you share with us yet? Uh, yeah, I can. So, um, of course, after we just had this discussion about branding, my next book <laughs> dun, 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 is going to be a YA thriller horror. Yay. I know that you're very surprised. <laughs> surprised to hear it. I don't know how much I can share. It's basically, I love nineties. I love nineties horror. That's like my jam. I could watch. I mean, I just did watch. I know what you did last summer, like a thousand times and scream and urban ledge. I love all of those joy. I love all of them. Um, and there's not a lot, you know, I grew up on Christopher Pike and RL Stein too, as far as authors, like obsessed with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not, there's really not a lot out there in books. And I would really love to explore kind of like the slasher thriller, but not, I'm not like a gore person. So not in a gore way, but I, I'm working on a really fun homage to like the nineties type slasher. There's some twists in it. And I also with my, I've got two daughters. I've known them since they were my stepkids. I've known them since they were very, you know, pretty young in junior high. And I've seen what they've gone through with girls, mean girls, which it's, really unfortunate. Uh, it's something else I could be on a soapbox about forever. Cause I'm all about collaboration over competition. I really don't understand why people are so mean, why girls are so mean to each other, especially it stinks. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish women were more, so- there are, I've met, I've, there are so many and I'm connecting with all of them, but I wish across the board that women could be more supportive of other women because we yeah. really need it. Yeah. Um, we really need to support each other and lift each other up and genuinely be happy for each other's success. There's enough pie for everyone. Like Mm -hmm. someone else's success doesn't take away from yours, but I've seen this happen over and over and over again to my daughters and it's heartbreaking. I've seen them get into really horrible things with other girls and they're just so mean to each other. It Mm -hmm. really breaks my heart. And I wanted to write about that in a book. So it's kind of like mean girls meets, I know what you did last summer, 
because mm-hmm. I want to explore the the girl bullying, mm-hmm. but I want to do it in I want to do it in a slasher. I like so, it. <laughs> awesome. We'll we'll see where it goes, but that's that's my next project. I'm like ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, we still have your current book to read. And then yes, we, yes, yes. But yes. The next book. <laughs> yes, so excited. Okay. So we are going to move into the lightning round and it's all, all right. holiday based. So what is your favorite holiday movie? Favorite holiday movie. Um, I can't believe I'm blinking on the name, but it's the one with, with Hugh Grant. Oh my oh, God. How can I not remember this? Like, you guys can help me. Love, love actually. Love actually. Love yeah. Actually. yeah. Love actually. Or, or home alone. If I can add a second yes. one, but love yes. actually. Yes. No, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. I also really like Gremlins too because I got to throw in like the, oh, the yeah. horror. Yes. The Christmas yeah. horror. We'll allow sorry, it. Sorry, I we'll picked three. Okay. I picked three. Okay, sorry. <laughs> okay, that's okay. What is your favorite holiday song? Oh, let it, I'll say Let It Snow just because that's the mm-hmm. tagline for my book right now. So we'll <laughs> oh, go with that. I did we'll see go with that. Let It Snow. I was like, ooh, I like that. <laughs> what is your favorite yeah. holiday drink? Oh, favorite holiday drink. Something with chocolate in it. Probably a hot, hot chocolate with like a bunch of marshmallows and some whipped cream. Yeah, I got good. a sweet tooth. So. <laughs> you could put some, you could put a little alcohol in there yeah, too. But, um. <laughs> Would you rather celebrate the season on the beach or in a snowy cabin? I think beach. I know this one. I was beach. like, I think she's going to say beach. <laughs> Unless you're running After your- this book. <laughs> I know. No. After this book, beach, beach, please. I'm very comfortable on the beach. Yeah. Okay. Final question. What is your favorite holiday book? Um, so I don't, I don't have a favorite holiday book, but I am really excited. My friend, Christy, um, Warby, what's Warby? I always mix up her last name, but she's got a holiday book that just came out her, um, her bluff tree bluff series. It looks super cute. I don't, I had it somewhere hanging out on my shelves. I'm really excited for her book. Mm, And she's super great, great writer. Oh, that's so great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh my gosh, such a fun conversation. And I think you had so much helpful things for our listeners to learn from, but also just to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, But before we wrap up, we'd love to know where people can find you online and where they can purchase your book. That is my favorite question. So, cause I love to meet people. So please come find me on Instagram. My handle is at RecTalkRoss, R-E-K-T-O-K-R-O-S-S. Um, I also am often hanging out on the Clubhouse app. We do a level up writers where we talk to writers and other creatives about the business of writing. That's on Wednesdays, five to six. Um, and my website, www.rectalkross.com, where you can see everything about where to buy my book. You can see book tour information. If I'm at a stop near your location or online, all those places are great. I'm experimenting with TikTok, but I'm not so great at it. I would definitely say social media would be Instagram and shoot me a DM anytime. I love to meet people. I love to connect with other readers and writers and really anyone else who's nice. Come find me. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Blank Page. If you're enjoying the show, we have a quick favor to ask. If you haven't yet hit the subscribe button and left a rating and review on iTunes, please take a moment to do so. We love reading your reviews and it helps keep the algorithms happy so new listeners can find the podcast as well. 
You can find us online at exploringtheblankpage.com and on Instagram at exploringtheblankpagepodcast. Until next time, get creative exploring the possibility of your blank page.